Welcome to the 79th and final episode of the inaugural season of the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Gadiel Cartagena, speaking with co-host Tyler Yarnell. Today we talk league-winning starts and sits in the biggest fantasy game of the year. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. It is championship week. As we said, we are doing these starts and sits episodes, getting them out to you right before game time. We actually did not realize that the Tampa Bay Bucks and Detroit Lions played at 1 p.m. today. Thought it was going to be around 3 p.m. So a little bit of a time crunch here, but we will still get these in for you today. And we're going to start things off relatively quickly, quickly, not quickly. Um, yeah, so Tyler, wide receiver starts. Who are you rolling with today? Give me two guys that you're feeling confident in. Yeah, the first guy that I'm rolling with here is Brandon Cooks against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I just have a feeling that this is going to be a shootout. Um, not really much to show uh, on either one of these defenses, defenses for the Bengals or the Houston Texans. Um, either way, even if the Bengals kind of uh, demonstrate the same defense that they did last week against the Steelers, against the Texans, I still think that Deshaun Watson is going to keep the Texans in this game. And for that reason, I think that Brandon Cooks really has a big game. Um, there's really no corners on this Bengals defense that can guard him one-on-one. So I'm, I'm feeling very confident in Brandon Cooks. Um, just for, like, for these these wide receiver starts that we're going to mention, these are kind of guys that are – these are all going to be fringe guys, like flex plays, uh, in case you're kind of in a desperation mode, you're dealing with an injury. Um one of the guys is Devontae Parker, who's dealing with an injury or is coming off of injury. He's going to be in our sits list. But um, like if you're dealing with any injuries, these are kind of guys that we would look to. For the most part, you're going to be starting your, your the stars that got you into the fantasy playoffs and into the fantasy championship. So, um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Cooks is a nice flex play. I think that he has a lot of upside this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the next guy that I want to go with is uh, probably our start of the week. And that's Jarvis Landry going up against the New York Jets. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched the last few weeks, but Baker Mayfield is playing out of his mind right now. Like he is just like the, the reads that he's making, like it's, it's, there's no hesitation in his reads. Like he just going through um, in and out and he's not really, he, he just playing aggressively. Like he's playing like the Baker Mayfield that we all thought, we all believe that he could coming out of college. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he, he's playing at a high level. And when he's playing at a high level, Jarvis Landry is very fantasy relevant. So um, if you if you got to the fantasy playoffs, he's like one of those guys that actually probably get, did get you to the fantasy championship unless he was just sitting on your bench because you were super deep. But um, I feel very confident as with Jarvis Landry as a flex, a wider, possibly a wide receiver too, just because – He's been getting consistent targets. Um, and like I said, Baker Mayfield's playing at a high level. I don't see him really turning down right now against the New York Jets. So I feel very good about Jarvis Landry. He's kind of been on a tear the last few weeks uh, getting those consistent targets. So um, between Cooks and Jarvis, these are two guys that I feel very confident in in the biggest game of the year for fantasy football. So, um, yeah, I'd start both those guys with confidence. Yeah, I, I love Jarvis this week. I love Brandon Cooks. Neither of these teams have anybody that can guard them. And uh, I know William Jackson the third has been like a pretty decent corner this year for the Bengals, but he is good against bigger body receivers. He struggles big time against the quicker guys like Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, 
um, Odell Beckham. He he struggles against those guys. So yeah, I love love those two picks. Um, two guys really quickly: C.D. Lamb against Philadelphia. Uh, Darius Slay is back, so Amari Cooper is going to get a Darius Slay shadow, and Michael Gallup, I believe, is out. I'm going to confirm that. Um, but if Michael Gallup is out, C.D. Lamb, I could see him getting like a ton of. Oh, looks like Michael Gallup is actually going to play this week. Anyways, uh, doesn't change the fact that I believe C.D. Lamb is going to see a ton of volume in the slot. The Eagles are have a good pass rush, but their slot corner, Nikel Roby Coleman, he's just all right. And CeeDee Lamb is just such a mismatch for anybody in the slot. I think this is a game where they look to Amari Cooper less and they try to get the quick passing game going. It would not surprise me if CeeDee had like six to eight catches this game. I really expect him to get a lot of volume. And Corey Davis, pretty much the same reason. I'm starting CeeDee Lamb, I'm starting Corey Davis, except Corey, Corey Davis, uh, he doesn't just run out of the slot. He's a big play guy too. Like he gets these big splash plays up and down the field in this play action offense. Um, Jair Alexander guarding AJ Brown is going to be an interesting matchup, but I definitely can guarantee that Ryan Tannehill will not be spamming AJ Brown. Uh, he will look to Corey Davis. We've seen time and time again, Corey Davis in tough matchups for AJ Brown, Corey Davis will end up getting like 10 or so targets. Like he sees those, that huge volume. And Corey Davis, once again, could do that this game. Uh, we saw what DJ Moore did last week to Kevin King. It's not like Kevin King is a world-beating corner and their safeties aren't fantastic against play action either. Um, if you're a good receiver, you can make plays against this Packers secondary as long as Jair Alexander is not guarding you. And Corey Davis, I would be shocked if Jair Alexander plays a single snap on Corey Davis. So I like Corey Davis this week. Um, moving on to sits, Tyler, you already mentioned one of them, Devontae Parker. Um I just want to mention another guy, or I'll say a guy that I'm tempering expectations on. Um, DK Metcalf, really, against the Los Angeles Rams, going against Jalen Ramsey. We said it last time. Um, without a touchdown, you're really – I don't think it's going to be a very big boom game for DK Metcalf. He could still get his 16. He's a really good player, and he can produce against Jalen Ramsey, but it is going to be tough. It's an uphill battle for sure. And I also would say maybe a little bit of temper expectations for Tyler Lockett um, just by the fact that he hasn't been seeing much volume. He hasn't been doing that well. Like, I feel like David Moore has been the guy that's been, like, making bigger plays against uh, the teams that have a good shadow corner against DK Metcalf. So those those guys I'm looking to temper expectations on, and obviously Devontae Parker coming off of an injury. Yes, it's an easy matchup against the Raiders, but I'm not trusting a guy in my fantasy championship that has been struggling with a hamstring injury for the last few weeks. It's just a recipe for disaster. He could end up pulling his hamstring on the first, second, third play of the game, and then he's done for the game, and you end up with a zero point output like try to avoid injuries soft tissue injuries especially in this matchup um you do not want to try to rely on a guy that's already a fringe starter dealing with an injury because if he gets hurt you're really going to be kicking yourself for not playing a guy that had one a better matchup two a healthier like outlook or three better quarterback play like there's it's not um the greatest situation for Devonte parker right now so i would be looking to stay away from him this week yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely avoiding Devontae Parker. I don't really have him in many leagues, but I would definitely be looking to avoid him. Obviously, that hamstring injury is something to be very cautious about. And like you said, like he could easily like end up leaving this game. He's done it, I think, multiple times this year where he will start at, start a game and then he, he will finish on the sidelines. So um, you really do you really want to avoid that in your championship week when everything's on the line. So uh, Devontae Parker is just not someone that I'm trusting this week. Another guy that I'm not going to be trusting is Chase Claypool against the Indianapolis Colts. And I would throw in Juju Smith-Schuster in there as well. Um, not because of his TikTok dances on the, the logos, but just because 
you know, Ben Roethlisberger is not playing at a high level right now. And this, this Indianapolis Colts defense is stingy, especially when DeForest Buckner is on the field. He just, he adds a pressure onto the, the offensive line and then turn into the quarterback. And it allows the, allows the corners to play more, more risky. And, um, I don't think that bodes well for Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I still feel moderately confident in Deontay Johnson getting the targets that he does. He usually finishes around double-digit targets, so I won't call him a sit. But Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster are definitely guys that would be I would be looking to avoid in the championship round this week. Um, just not a great matchup. And this offense is kind of – we talked about it a lot earlier in the week. This offense is trending downwards, so um, – you really want to avoid those kind of trends in your championship week. Yeah. I, I'm not looking to play either one of those guys. Like I think Deontay Johnson's the one receiver from the Steelers that I'd be comfortable with playing this week. Um, he just matches up well against the big physical corners. Like he's the separator underneath Juju and Claypool are not. And I don't think Ben has enough time to throw deeper intermediate this game. Honestly, like the Colts secondary and front seven, they just play so well together. Uh, it's it kind of reminds me of what the Niners were last year in the sense that they're maybe their secondary isn't ridiculously talented although I think Kenny Moore is one hell of a corner um, they're just so good as a unit they play such good team defense very very well coached and defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus I expect him to get like head coach consideration because he's just good he's a really good uh, coach and it's working out for them um, moving on to running back starts here now I'm going to start things off with two guys that I really like this game um, first and foremost Leonard Fournette, I shit on him last week. I didn't expect him to do well against the Falcons. And to my surprise, not only did he score two touchdowns, but I did watch this game. He actually looked good. Like he looked the part of a starting running back, which is what he hadn't done for a few weeks. So maybe he was taking a lot of time to get healthy from that high ankle sprain. I mean, obviously we've seen high ankle sprains uh, impact players throughout the year. Um, I He just looked like a different player than he did in the past few weeks. And I'm not really sure what the reasoning was. Um, obviously Ronald Jones is out again and now he's going against the league's worst run defense running backs as a whole as a position group so maybe not all the stats for Leonard Fournette but about like 80% of this I think should go to him Um, running backs as a whole against the Detroit Lions average 25 carries 117 yards and 1.2 touchdowns a game along with six receptions and 44 receiving yards a game like this these linebackers cannot stop anybody and Leonard Fournette, I expect him to be able to produce a lot against the Detroit Lions. So I'd be looking to start Leonard Fournette pretty much as like a high end flex with like RB one upside. If everything goes his way with touchdowns, um, you're still going to need touchdowns for Fournette to return serious value. I think he's a candidate for like 75 to 80 total yards. We'll see if that's rushing or some through the air. I'm not really sure. Um, and in my opinion, the start of the week is JK Dobbins this week. Last week he had a good week, but this week against the New York giants, we've seen the giants kind of struggle a little bit to stay with more athletic running backs, running the outside zone. They're good up the middle. Blake Martinez is good, but going side to side is where they kind of struggle. Um, the strength of this defense is in the front three with Leonard Williams, Dalvin Thompson, and Dexter Lawrence. But obviously, if you're running away from them, which is what J.K. Dobbins does, he's more of an outside zone kind of guy where they put the linebackers in a pickle with Lamar and J.K. Dobbins. And then J.K. gets the ball, he gets the edge, and he can go for legitimately 70 yards. He hasn't had that breakaway run yet, or at least not recently. He had a, a few earlier in the year for like 40 plus. But I just like J.K. Dobbins, a player. I think he's still ridiculously talented. It is another easy matchup for him where stylistically he should be able to get a lot of yards against this relatively slow Giants front seven. Um, 
yeah, so I'm loving uh, J.K. Dobbins this week. And Leonard Fournette, I think, is a pretty solid play to play in your fantasy championships. Absolutely. I think both those guys are, are very solid. Uh, if you got if you have J.K. Dobbins in your, your fantasy championship, you probably have him, have him as an flex. Same with Leonard, Leonard Fournette. So uh, I would look at those two guys as flex plays, possibly RB2s if you're dealing with injuries. Um, a guy that I believe would be about – the equivalent to Leonard Fournette as far as like their fantasy output um, this week would probably be Jeff Wilson Jr. But the fact that the Lions don't have eight of their coaches, like I, I think like um, their head coach is out, their offensive coordinators out, maybe their defensive coordinators out. Like a lot of their, their high end coaches are out because of COVID Um that just makes Leonard Fournette so much of an upgrade. Like that you're talking about a lot of these guys not being able to play call or not ever play calling in their careers. And now they're, they're being asked to go up against uh, possibly arguably a Super Bowl contender in the Tampa Bay Bucks. So um, I'd give Fournette a definitive upgrade over Jeff Wilson Jr. But Jeff Wilson Jr. is still a guy that I would look to start this week. Uh, Raheem Oster obviously was put on IR. We talked about, about that a little bit before. And uh, the Cardinals defense – is pretty good. It's not. It's not great against the run, but uh, you know I feel confident in the 49ers' offensive line to get some holes for Jeff Wilson Jr. He's going to be getting all the red zone work, which is what what is important. That's where I see the similarities between him and Leonard Fournette. These are two guys that are going to be dominating the the red zone work uh, for their respective teams, and both have multiple touchdown upside, and that's where their value comes in. So. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. is definitely a guy that I would look to start as a flex. Doesn't have as much upside as Dobbins or Leonard Fournette, but he's still a pretty solid start in your fantasy championships. And then Melvin Gordon going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. This is his revenge game. I think it's the second one of the season. Um, he also has Philip Lindsay out. So um, it looks like Melvin Gordon's going to be the workhorse for this revenge game. And because of that, I feel very confident in him. Um, we saw Josh Jacobs have a pretty solid outing against this Los Angeles Chargers defense last week on Thursday Night Football. I think he had like 20 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Um, just a solid outing. Like I think he finished with like 15, 16 PPR points. But um, I think Melvin Gordon has the upside to get you get somewhere around there. Um, he's a guy that you could probably start as a low RB2 and he has like that RB1 upside because like – we don't know what's going on with, with Melvin Gordon. Like he, he could be, he, he might have uh, some bad blood with the Los Angeles Chargers and what kind of goes off against them. So, um, you know, I'd probably start him over Jeff Wilson Jr. But I, uh, Fournette and Dobbins are definitely the two guys that I'd be looking at as a top starts this week because of the upsides that, that they have. So, yeah, I um, really like um, I really like Melvin Gordon, especially with Philip Lindsay out. Royce Freeman is questionable. Like this dude is one. He already sees a ton of the goal line work. Like he has three multi touchdown games this year. So if he's scoring a touchdown, he could score many. Like if the Denver Broncos offense is rolling, uh, Melvin Gordon can really be a benefactor of that. And I mean, I think they're going to be able to move the ball. The offensive line is still good. And the Chargers uh, are not the best defense in the world. Maybe this is a game where Drew Locke continues to try to prove himself. Um, Melvin Gordon's still 22 points in a negative game script against the Chargers last week. Obviously, 12 of those points came with touchdowns, but still 
you're looking at a guy that pretty much has a 10 point floor and depending on touchdowns, it could be a 25 point ceiling. And that's obviously really big. There's not many guys that have that type of ceiling, especially in the fantasy championship uh, in a revenge game. Like it is, I want to say a pretty good scenario for Melvin Gordon. And obviously Jeff Wilson Jr. I've been touting him as a league winner for quite a while. And obviously Raheem Mostert was hurt. So Jeff Wilson Jr., it's, it's his show. And I'm not sure if he's going to get the entire workload, but I think he gets a good enough amount to the point where he is a low RB2 kind of guy. And then dependent on touchdowns is really going to dictate where he finishes. But I mean, 16 carries last week against Dallas in what was a negative game script, I want to say. Like they lost the game it, for the most of the time they were trailing. Yeah, they were down for pretty much the whole time. They went, went down 14 to nothing early on. And then after that, for like most of the third and the fourth quarter, they're down by at least a score. Yeah. So, I mean, in a negative game script, he obviously still gets a touchdown. Uh, touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. I just – I like Jeff Wilson Jr., the player. I think he's a very aggressive runner. Kind of reminds me of like a Walmart or like a poor man's uh, Chris Carson in a sense. And like – I mean, that's good enough in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Like put Chris Carson in there. He's going for like 100 yards and two touchdowns every game. But, yeah, I like Jeff Wilson Jr. a lot. So, I like those guys. One other guy that I would like to add to that list just as like a uh, – you're probably starting him anyways, but David Johnson had 11 targets last year or not last year. What am I saying? Last week, 11 targets against the Indianapolis Colts. And I expect that to at least somewhat continue. I expect him to see like, he could be like a 12 carry five target guy. So I really like David Johnson against the Cincinnati Bengals. Their linebackers are not anything special. And this is a game where they're going to need to use other guys because they still don't really have many weapons left. I like David Johnson this week. Um, moving on to running back starts, uh, running back sits. Um, these hurt because two of the guys that I'm going to mention right now, uh, Tyler, you mentioned one a little bit earlier, but I'm tempering, tempering expectations or outright sitting both of these guys. Like I will not be playing Antonio Gibson in my fantasy championship game. I understand is an easy matchup against the Carolina Panthers, but Terry McLaurin is out. Antonio Gibson is coming off of turf toe, which is an injury that can be re-aggravated very, very easily. And he's coming back relatively early. Um, I'm not overly confident. I love Antonio Gibson, the player, but I'm not, I'm trying to avoid risk in the fantasy championship. I know Antonio Gibson has great upside, but what I've seen from this Carolina defense is that they have actually improved a ton. And this defense, if you do not have many options outside of like a number one thing uh, with Terry McLaurin being out, are doubtful I expect them to not have many options outside of the run game and the running backs I expect the Panthers to come in and just absolutely swarm the running backs and make Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins beat them in one-on-one coverage down the field which I don't believe they're going to do I'm comfortably starting Panthers defense this week over Rams defense and Cardinals defense um I really, really like the Panthers' defense and how they've looked recently. They absolutely swarmed Aaron Rodgers last week. And, yes, Aaron Jones did great. He had, like, 100 yards in almost the first quarter. Um, this defense, they're they're not bad at all. And with Antonio Gibson coming off a of turf toe, I don't think this is a great matchup for him. I think this could be more of a committee approach where they kind of just get everybody involved and keep the workload not too big on Gibson. Um, and also DeAndre Swift is going against Tampa Bay. We said it all year. Sit your running backs against Tampa Bay. If you don't have a great option, DeAndre Swift still has a chance because he's so talented. So temper expectations. But you're really going to need a touchdown to get to like that 15 like point floor that you're expecting. Um, outside of that, it is a tough, tough matchup against Tampa Bay with zero coaching. I don't like that at all. Um, Tyler, who are two guys that you might be lower on than usual this week? Yeah, one guy that I'm definitely tempering expectations for this week is James Robinson going up against Chicago. Um, 
we just I, I actually just got a not notification about four minutes ago. Uh, Mike Glennon is going to be starting in place of Gardner Minshew for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we saw him play a few games earlier about I'd say about three or four weeks ago. I think he played against um, whatever the, whoever they played after the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in their schedule, but um, hasn't looked great. I mean, he uh, it's it just been a quarterback carousel for the Jacksonville Jaguars all season long. And, um, you know, honestly, if I was a Jags fan, I would prefer Gardner Minshew. Uh, so having Mike Lennon as your quarterback instead, I, I think that doesn't bode well for, I don't think that bodes well for your upside as an offense. Um, and in turn, I don't think that bodes well for James Robinson. Uh, the Chicago Bears, they're, they're kind of, they kind of been on a roll. I think they've won two or three straight now. Um, just been doing very well. And I, this is just a game that could be very neg that could be a negative game script for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, if this offense, this Bears offense continues to click, which I expect them to, David Montgomery is playing, playing at another level right now. Uh, he's gotten, gotten into must-start territory because of the matchups that he's had over the past four weeks and how he's performed. So uh, we expect him to have another big game. Mitchell Drabisky, obviously, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. He's a guy to look at um, to possibly have a big game. And, um, you know, Allen Robinson's playing as well. So uh, this, this Bears offense is clicking at the right time. And their defense is always going to be at least above average. So just because of the talent that they have. So uh, going up against well, James Robinson, going up against them, I would temper expectations for him. Doesn't really have the upside that he's had in previous weeks. I would look at him as a low RB1, high RB2. Uh, but you're still starting him because he commands so much of the workload for his, for his team. I think that on the season, he's commanded like 95% of his team's rushing attempts. So um, he is the definition of a workhorse. You're still starting him, but uh, definitely a guy to look out for um, with minimal upside. But uh, another guy that I would personally be sitting this week is Ezekiel Elliott against the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't play last week because of a calf injury and – He's coming back this week against the Philadelphia Eagles who have been very solid against the run all season, really for like the past, like three seasons. I want to say yeah, they're always, um, they're always like a tougher matchup against the run for sure. Yeah. And it's because of the, the interior defense that they, they really emphasize in the off season. Um, over the past few years, they've added Malik Jackson. Um, they added Javon Hargrave this past off season and they've had um, his name slipping my mind. Fletcher Cox. Um, Fletcher Cox. Thank you. Um, just uh, have always had a very, uh, very elite interior uh, run defense or interior uh, defense in general. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott coming off of injury. I'm not, I'm just not feeling confident in him this week um, against these Eagles who are rolling. And I, I honestly think that it's a negative game script for the, the Dallas Cowboys. And if that happens, I could definitely see Tony Pard getting a majority of the, the snaps because he's fresh, he's healthy, he's arguably a better receiving running back than Ezekiel Elliott. He's not as good of a pass blocker, but um, as far as like the routes that he runs out of the backfield, he's better. I think that he's better than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and overall, I just think it's a negative game script. So um, I, I'm not feeling great about Ezekiel Elliott coming off of injury. I would look to avoid him in the fantasy championship. Um, honestly, if you, if you got to the fantasy championship with Ezekiel Elliott as your RB1, props to you. 
like that that's <laughs> that's impressive that's very impressive honestly because he's been very disappointing uh i i think most of us saw stat last night or maybe it was this morning uh Ezekiel Elliott has five touchdowns on the season Alvin Kamara just had six touchdowns this like yesterday yep. so um just just a little nugget out there for you guys uh, you probably saw it, but um, yeah, not feeling great about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, temper expectations for James Robinson. We'll probably finish it around like 10 to 14 PPR points. Yeah, I like both of these. I just want to point out something with Zeke. Um, we obviously know he got off to a great start just like to begin the year. He had 26 against the Rams, 19 against the Falcons, 15 against the Seahawks, 17 against the Browns, and 23 against the Giants. And despite those great performances, what Tony Pollard did last week with 28.2, or I think it was 29.2. Let me uh, fact check that really quick. 29.2 weights. I also I also want to mention that Zach Martin is on IR, who's the, who's been their best offensive lineman. Yeah, their O line the sucks. Three or four years. Uh, Tyron Smith is is also on IR. Um, those are like their two. Those are their two like backbones of their their offensive line. Yeah. So, um, Definitely doesn't help going up against a good interior defense in the Eagles. No, it definitely doesn't. And anyways, uh, what I was getting to with Tony Pollard is on 18 touches, he did more than Zeke did in any game this year fantasy-wise, like the most production, which is just shows you Tony Pollard is an explosive player. So if Zeke plays, Tony Pollard is a must-start running back. I've been holding him on my bench. Hopefully, like fingers crossed, that he's play. able to play. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, really like Tony Pollard this week if Zeke is not out, but if Zeke plays, I don't expect him to be like an absolute workhorse. Like I expect this to be a, like a 60, 40, 50, 50 split because what, what benefit do the Cowboys get in playing Zeke that much? Like Tony Pollard looked like the better player last week. I'm not saying he is a better player, but Tony Pollard, like he was balling last week against with the same battle line against a really, really good San Francisco 49ers front seven. Like that is not easy to do. So I think, I think, yeah, you can't, there's no way you can be playing Zeke Elliott with confidence this week. So um, I have a stat for you. Um, so Dak Prescott got hurt uh, against the New York Giants week five. Yes. So since that, Ezekiel Elliott has had eight games. Guess how many touchdowns he's had total since uh, one. Dak Prescott got hurt. Yeah, it's one. It's one it's touchdown. Even- I know because I used to own Zeke and I traded him. And then the week that he had that touchdown was against me and it almost kept me out of the fantasy playoffs, but you know, no hard feelings, Zeke. Uh, you helped me start my season. zero and four. And now we're in the fantasy championship. So thank you. I appreciate you. No, you helped me it all trade works out for a reason. You, you helped me trade for Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins and Brandon Ayuk, which in turn has been a league winning trio so far. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I, I don't like Zeke this week and James Robinson for all the reasons you said, like it's coming off injury, bad quarterback, good defense that he's playing against. Negative game script. I, I I don't think th- this could be one of the games where like maybe he doesn't see that workhorse usage um, that we've seen throughout the entire year, which obviously will be very detrimental to his fantasy value. Um, quarterback stream of the week, Baker Mayfield. Tyler, you touched on this. Just Baker's balling right now. If you can play him against such an easy matchup like the Jets, you do it. Like, I don't care. Could he get game scripted out of this? Yes. Could he also go for 30 points and score four touchdowns in the first half? Absolutely. Like Baker is just playing out of his mind and he doesn't even need that rushing upside. Um, Dude's just crazy. Like, he's playing, like, the way you were hoping Drew Brees would play down the stretch in fantasy football. Like, that's the kind of guy. Like, you don't – like, he's just so efficient, and he's ridiculous – like, laser-sharp accuracy. Like, it's just – it's insane what he's doing right now. And the tight end stream of the week, this one is going to come as a surprise. Um, Not many people know who this guy is. 
Um, he's a really, really big end zone threat. He's a guy that has multiple touchdown upside. Um, that's Donald Parham. Now you're probably wondering what team he plays for. He plays for the Los Angeles Chargers and he's going against Denver. And the reasoning behind this stream, like stream of the week is Hunter Henry is out. So you're looking at a guy, Donald Parham, that is relatively athletic. He's really big. Once again, he's got that red zone upside. So I think there is a chance that he gets those two touchdowns. But with Keenan Allen being injured, uh, Mike Williams obviously being unreliable from an injury standpoint on a week-to-week basis, and Tyron Johnson, Jalen Gutton, Jalen Guyton, KJ Hill, those are like the other guys that uh, Justin Herbert has to throw to outside of Austin Eckler. I think this could, like, there's a scenario where Donald Parham is the number two target for the Los Angeles Chargers this week and ends up scoring 15 plus fantasy points. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think what you can expect from him is at least like five. I think we'll see like decent enough volume, like four targets, but there's a chance that he gets six to seven targets, um, like 50 to 60 yards and two touchdowns. It is within the realm of possibilities. Uh, similar to what we saw from Irv Smith last night, there is always a chance that these tight ends, uh, when teams sell out to stop other facets of the game, I believe the Denver Broncos will try to take away Austin Eckler. You will see other players thrive in that scenario the same way that the Saints tried to take away Dalvin Cook. Irv Smith was wide open the entire game. So I think Donald Parham possesses similar upside this week. Um, this is once again, only if Hunter Henry is out. If Hunter Henry is playing, then you're probably going to need to pivot to like a guy like a, I don't know, like a, Jimmy Graham, maybe Cole Komet, Jordan Aikens kind of guys. Like maybe Jordan Aikens would be a good option there. But yeah, like it, it's it's tough to to predict like a streaming tight end this week. But I think Donald Parham with Hunter Henry out is one of the few guys that I would actually look to be streaming. Yeah, um, you know we we've seen Justin Herbert really target the tight end position over the past. I want to say I would probably say the second half of the season. Hunter Henry's really been getting that work. I think he's sitting at tight end eight ish right now after starting at around tight end 15. So um, he's definitely getting more targets. He had a nice game last week, uh, but he's obviously on the COVID list. So I feel confident in him um, as a streaming tight end. He's kind of very, kind of obscure. And honestly, you're probably not starting him. If you got to the fantasy championship, um, you probably have better options, but um, if, if you're in super desperation mode, I think he's a guy that you should definitely give a look. Um, would not mind starting him against the the Denver Broncos. Um, and yeah, go, going back to Baker Mayfield, he's been balling right now. Um, you, you, I don't think that you would expect this from, uh, from him without Odell Beckham Jr., but he's really making the most out of the receivers that he has. Rashad Higgins, Higgins he seems to have a very good connection with. Um, Jarvis Landry as well. And obviously he has the other tight ends in Austin Hooper and David Njoku, which really makes this offense run because it, the um, we saw with Kevin Stefanski last season with Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, like those tight ends are important, not necessarily in the passing game, but in the run game and setting up the play action. So um, definitely opens things up for Jarvis and uh, uh, Rashad Higgins for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, definitely. And just uh, more Baker Mayfield propaganda here. So he's had over 18 points for his last four games. Uh, that's against Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore, and New York Giants. So the last two games, he's had 50 points combined against, like, top 10 quarterback defenses. Like, it, it's not like he's playing these cheese matchups. And now he's going against the Los An- – or not the Los Angeles. <laughs> the team that beat the Los Angeles Rams and the New York Jets. But this is a game where I fully expect Baker Mayfield to dominate. I expect the Browns whole to dominate. They're a very well-coached team. I don't think this is going to be a trap game for them. Um, I think they run away with it. And – 
start your Browns this week. I think it is going to be a good week for the Browns offense as a whole. Would not be surprised if they went over 35 or 40 points this week. So with all that said, this is the Fantasy Championship podcast. Obviously, we want to win our matchups. I will be updating on how my matchup went next week. And this pretty much, I mean, I guess that does it for the 2020 season, our first like inaugural fantasy podcast season. Um, so thank you all to like to all the listeners that have listened to this podcast. It's been really cool helping you guys out. And now we have a ton of off-season content to get to. We're going to have special guests pretty much weekly almost, uh, trying to do like two, maybe three podcasts a week. We'll decide a schedule and make sure to update on that. But I mean, off-season is like the most fun. Like <laughs> now we get to just yeah. take all the take all that we learned over these last 16 or 17 weeks. And then you add in a few rookies. And we get to do it all over again. So it's going to be a whole nother ride. And we're looking to grow a lot more throughout the offseason. Stay tuned for YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, all the content everywhere. But yeah, Tyler, um, let's let's help people win some leagues. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, thank you guys for, for listening, getting to this point in week 16. Hopefully we helped you guys get into uh, your fantasy championships. But like you said, we're super excited to really expand this offseason obviously get do a deep dive into the dynasty stuff um you know i i, I love looking at the stats in the offseason um i think you know that um and just really really assessing what what we saw this year and just getting better overall for next season so uh if you if you if you're not in the fantasy championship to this point um we hope to help you get better so that you're you're listening to this podcast uh this time next year um getting ready to set up for your fantasy championships. So, um, yeah, super excited for what's to come moving forward. Um, and yeah, let's, let's win some fantasy championships for those who, who are in it right let's now. Win some freaking leagues. I personally am needing Jonathan Taylor to have an outrageous day against Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but we'll see what ends up happening. We'll be giving updates on my personal league. If you guys care, don't care. Um, I'll just give my two cents about it, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's win these leagues. That wraps up our week 16 Starts and Sits podcast. Stay tuned for tons of off-season content that covers from Dynasty, Rookie Draft, Redraft, Player Breakdowns, and much more from us on all social media platforms. We will be doing this podcast two or three times weekly and try to have multiple special guests on to give a new perspective on what works and doesn't work in the fantasy football world.